I think I have a little bit too much this morning, in which case, you know, it's a first of a two-part series. Um, I've, I've said this, I feel like I say this all the time, uh, you know, I do these classes really because it's something I want to do, <laughs> it's very selfish. Um, right before Christmas, two weeks, and so this is Christmas, you know, that John, I think it's John Lennon, is that right? We're not going to touch that song at all. Um, but uh, uh, we can, I mean, if y'all, you know, big, a collective groan. Um, uh, I don't really know anything about it, but I think... I think, and I only know it from 96.5, you know, the Christmas station that just keeps, you know, I've been listening to it since September. Um, uh, I think it does strike at the heart of what I hope to do next couple of weeks, and that's take the blue note of Christmas. I think Christmas needs to start with the blue note, in fact. Um, The blue note, the sadness, the loneliness, the despair, the need, the desperation, the people who have walked in darkness, in a very great darkness, to them a light is shine. That's going to be our scripture here in a few minutes. Uh, unless we reckon with the darkness or with the blue notedness of Christmas, um, we'll read next week something from Flannery O'Connor, and it'll be repetition. I mean, if you come to this class, you're going to hear the same thing you know, from six years ago or whatever else, but that's okay. Uh, the, the, the blue cold child, you know, I think she's trying to evoke the same tone and timbre that I am, that I hope to tap just for myself personally. Um, and I think that um, uh, John Lennon was doing the same thing. A little bit of resignation I hear. And so this is Christmas. This is it. This is all the hubbub. This is what we all sort of, you know, sort of, you know, put in the box and try to make into something that's really not. This is Christmas. This is it. I want to take that and then turn it a little bit. That's my hope. Um, and through that, we'll look at Isaiah, um, a little bit of G- so it's a it, we'll fly through a lot of different stuff. A couple of video pieces, one with Okomo Kami Manuel, and then something else from Les Miserables, um, from the movie um, uh, a couple of years ago with Hugh Jackman and Jean Valjean. And so we'll get to cover some different ground and see where we go from there. So that's kind of what we're doing. And why do I do it? Um, because uh, when Christmas Eve comes, when we're here at, at, at at 3.35, 8, or 11, a lot of the texts that I try to engage here are texts that will engage there. And so it's in some ways just preparation for what's coming, Advent, uh, what's coming up in Christmas Eve. The scriptures, the hymns, O come, O come, uh, O come, all you faithful, and hark the herald angels sing. I think that's the hymn that's got me so far this year more than any others. Um, so that'll come out a little bit. We'll just kind of look at all that. So that's what it is, just a Christmas class. And this was just a talk long enough to see if anybody else was going to come in and you know, now we're done. <laughs> so let us pray. This is one of uh, uh, the colics for Christmas Day. O oh God, who makest us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of thine only Son, Jesus Christ, grant that as we joyfully receive him for our Redeemer, so we may with sure confidence behold him when he shall come as our, to be our judge, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. So Christmas comes every year. It's the same old, same old. Um, We had those bumper stickers several years ago, which was a great bumper sticker. The same old story. Well, Christmas of all is the same old story, right? Um, We have the traditions and we set everything up. And why do we keep coming back to the same old story every year? I ran across this quote. Um, I think I used this last year as well. It's G.K. Chesterton. Some of you all know of him. Um, uh, uh, 
contemporary, um, but he died just as C.S. Lewis was starting. And C.S. Lewis loved Chesterton, and that's how I was introduced to him at first. And he wrote a book called Orthodoxy, probably about 1930. And this is a, uh, this is where this quote comes from. And I'm always reminded when I'm in this theme, it's one of my sort of probably my primary themes, whatever it looks like to be in the faith for any length of time. Um, I get a little uncomfortable, just me personally, with phrases like growth in grace or progression in the faith or something else like that, where there's this implication of development, you know. Some of y'all heard me. I preached this at a wedding not too long ago. Some of y'all were there, so it's repetition. But that's what this category is called, repetition. Um, we think of development as movement up. In some way or another, we go up when we develop. And that's precisely wrong. <laughs> it's precisely wrong. We grow down in the faith. Um, Christmas comes down. Love comes down at Christmas. Development is not becoming more independent, more autonomous, being a law unto yourself, autonomos, where I can get along just by more and more and more by myself. Now, of course, we want our children to grow more and more independent. We want them to grow up and get out and all that. But, but in the faith, we grow down. We become more and more dependent upon Christ. So he said what? Suffer the little children to come to me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they realize intuitively what this dependence and interdependence looks like. You know, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There is no independence. Apart from me, you're toast. You're on your own. And there is no hope. You will be a people that walk in darkness. And so he says this with this idea of growing down. Um, great phrase, having an eternal appetite for infancy. So hear this from G.K. Chesterton. Because children have an abounding vitality or life, because children have an abounding vitality, because they are in spirit, fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he or she is nearly dead. <laughs> For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has an eternal appetite of infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, and our Father is younger than we. So it pulls in a lot of really rich themes for Christmas. Because we have in mind the infant, the baby, um, the child who will be born to you this day in the city of David. This eternal appetite for infancy of this picture, even within the Godhead, of absolute, unjealous, unmediated, unbroken interrelated dependency amongst the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit never stands up and says, how come he gets all the credit? <laughs> how come I don't get first billing? The Father never looks at the Son and says, you know, you'll have your day, but then I'll have mine back. You know, there's never that sense of jealousy. There's always this eternal appetite for infancy 
What more is a picture of dependency? And a child is not a depiction of innocence. A child is a depiction of dependency. They're not innocent. I don't know how people say that. Have you ever said, oh, look at the baby, he's so innocent. It's like, have you lived with an infant before? They're so selfish and so dependent. On their own, they will die. A child is the picture of dependency, and our father has that eternal appetite for dependency. And so within all this, here's our primary text for the morning, um, which we'll hear. Um, we've heard already in Lessons and Carols, and we'll hear again on Christmas Eve um, from Isaiah 9, one of the great, great passages that we know parts of this by, by heart. You'll be able to speak it. Um, for unto us a child is born. So from Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 7, um, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil for the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor. You have broken as on the day of Midian. Midian is the story of Gideon. Remember, he walked around and played the trumpet and the walls fell. For every boot of the trampling warrior in the battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as for fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And he ends it with that emphasis. The particularity is what I want to draw us to. Many, many themes to talk about here. The particularity. What's this passage about? It's a passage about, um, it's a prophecy, a foretelling of, of the promise. Zach's sermon was very appropriate in this. Uh, of that which is coming. Of a restoration of of peace and rule, um, of recompense, is what we looked at in the other part of Isaiah and Zach's sermon, where things will be made right. For who's it addressed to? To a particular person in a particular place at a particular time. That would be you and that would be me. For left to ourselves, in other words, autonomous, independent, a branch that is separated from the vine or the trunk of a tree, which now will wither and die. It's to those people, to us, that this is spoken. For the particularity, it echoes. The people who walked in darkness, um, those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, what has happened? Something final and definitive. On them has light shone. They have seen a great light. And the source of this light? A child. In the strangest possible way that we could see this. And Luke will pick this up. And this shall be a sign unto you. And you're expecting something great and magnificent. The majesty of God coming down in full force and dropping in like an earthquake. And it's not that at all. It's exact opposite. What's the sign? A baby born in a feeding trough, wrapped in old, old rags. That's the sign of this government that be upon his shoulders where all things and all manner of things will be made well and where shalom will come back 
and he will be called these titles of a returning ruler. These would be like the conquering ruler coming back into the conquered land. Wonderful counselor. Think consigliere of, uh, of Godfather, sort of the one who speaks with wisdom and who speaks foretelling this is what's going to happen and you need to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and then everything will be okay. That's the intent here. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. The father being the sense of, a, of the king ruling as the benevolent father, the patriarch of all of his subjects, um, prince of peace. The increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And the throne of David and over his kingdom, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so it's the unambiguous prophecy of a definitive declaration that this will happen. Spoken to whom? To those who walk in darkness. To those who dwell in the land of deep darkness. And so the, the question begins to form of, uh, what about me? <laughs> where, where is this promise for me? Where is this going to change anything in my life? All these these questions, this tumult, this confusion, this, uh, this sense of I don't yet feel it, I don't yet see it, I don't yet know it, this peace which passes understanding. Peace, peace, there is no peace. That's what we actually want to say. And so here the tension is forming. The prophecy is given. The declaration of, of the, zeal of the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so we continue forward and we hear this um, played out in some of our hymns and our songs. One from Charles Wesley that I wanted to bring out. Um, Lo, he comes with clouds descending. Great Advent hymn. We sang it once already. I'm not sure if we'll sing it next week or not. Um, I was reminded of this, in fact. Um, I was in here earlier this week looking at our shield. Adwintiat regnum tuum. Thy kingdom come is what that means. It's where we get our name. This is our shield. Advent, which means coming. Um, phrase from the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come. Adventiat come, bring, bring into coming, bring into being your reign, your kingdom. Uh, on earth as it is in heaven, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And we cry out, when, Lord, how long? <laughs> when will this happen? And here's Charles Wesley's um, play with it here in his, uh, his great hymn. I'm not going to spend as much time on this as I thought I would. Uh, talking about the two advents, the coming of Christ, uh, which we remember as Christmas, born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's my verse so far this Christmas, Luke 2.11. That's Christmas. What's Christmas, Charlie Brown? This is Christmas, Charlie Brown. Born to you this day, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Uh, there's that coming. And then there's the next coming. Christ will come again. And when he comes, all will recognize him. Every tongue will confess and every knee shall bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. And when he comes, lo, he comes with clouds descending. Charles Wesley, um, the great uh, hymn writer, um, played it with these two ways. Lo, he comes with clouds descending. Once on Calvary for our salvation slain, Thousand, thousand saints attending swell the triumph of his train. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Christ the Lord returns to reign. And then that's uh, good news. But then he turns it on us. And we who pierced and killed Christ get caught up uh, with proper fear and trembling as he comes and we see the scars. 
Every eye shall now behold him robed in dreadful majesty. Those who set it not and sold him, pierced and nailed him to a tree. That would be us, by the way. This isn't those people over there. It's for my sins that he died. Deeply wailing, deeply wailing, deeply wailing shall the true Messiah see. So we're put into the right perspective as now I realize that I am the reason for the season. You know that phrase that's all out there, that Jesus the reason? Well, he's not. He's not. You know, you are. And that's not good. I am. Why? Why am I the reason for the season? Because he came to die. To die the death that I needed to die. To die the death so that I wouldn't die. Uh, to substitute his life for my... for his for, Just give me his life which should be my death. You're the reason for the season. And we see that when he comes again with the scars, the glorious signs, but robed in dreadful majesty and deeply wailing, deeply wailing, deeply wailing. We plead, Lord, for me. And he answers, those dear tokens of his passion, still his dazzling body bears, cause of endless exultation to his ransomed worshipers. We have been bought with a price. For the Son of Man uh, came to uh, give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, to his ransomed worshipers, with what rapture, with what rapture, with what rapture, gaze we upon those glorious scars. And then it's something like, O come all ye faithful. Yea, amen. <laughs> Let all adore thee, high on thine eternal throne. Savior, take the power and glory. Claim the kingdom for thy own. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Thou shalt reign and thou alone. Adventiat regnum tuum. Thy kingdom come. So within all this, playing out uh, those who walk in darkness in this tension of, uh, of the already and the not yet of asking the questions of when and how and keeping in mind the promise of, of that which is to come, remembering that I am the reason that Christ came in the first place. What about now? What about the ordinary day that tomorrow, the 12th of December, a Monday where we all go back into our lives, students or parents or work or whatever else that we're doing, and it just feels so ordinary? Well, we take hope. For we remember the shepherds. just want to pull them into the story a little bit. What had happened when the Lord of, when the host of heaven, the host just being the angels and the archangels and all the host of heaven, just everybody that populates heaven, when they came down and were singing glory to God in the highest, uh, what happens when they leave? What did the shepherds do? They went back. <laughs> it's a remarkably understated part of the story. Here's how it reads from Luke 2, 8 and 9, and then skipping over to 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the story goes on, and we know that part of the story. And then the angel came down, Hark, the herald angel sings unto you, is born this day. And that's where all that comes from. And then they go back and they leave. And just like that, there's no more angels. It's just the shepherds out in the middle of nowhere and it's dark, except they've just had this epiphany, this revelation 
of all that is and was and is to come. And what did they do? Uh, And the shepherds returned, (laughs) glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So they returned, but they did not go back the same. That's where we're going to head for the rest of this class. Just like what Zach, Zach's sermon was very prescient in terms of where I was. We're bragging the same theme here. It's not that they went back as if nothing ever happened. It's not like everything in their life changed after that. It's they went back and now the way they experienced the rest of their life was completely different. The hope, what a great illustration, of stay in school and your college will be paid for. And they went back and the experience of sixth grade, of seventh grade, of eighth grade, of ninth grade, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, were completely different for those children. The shepherds went back and their experience of just being shepherds, the equivalent of our garbage men, I mean, that's about where they were. And everything was different. You go back into the ordinary lives of, of being a student or a businessman or a parent or whatever it is that we do. I mean, I'm talking like take the trash out and at the experience of it has a different tone It shifts. Now our vocation, which is the big word for it, just means how we spend our time, our calling. Once we've been called, we go back, and it's different. The outside may seem completely the same, but from the inside out, totally new. Where do we see this sort of thing play out? Luther once, um, this is a little bit of a legend. There's a lot that we think happened that just feels very Luther-like. A recording something called his table talk because he just had all these people for 30 years they just came into his house and by this time they were writing down things that happened around his table and they were embellished certainly some of them and so them and this just is kind of like it smells true that's kind of where this is they said um once dr luther if you knew tomorrow was the end of the world what would you do christ were coming again tomorrow just like in low from clouds he will descend what would you do and luther without batting an eye says i'd plant a tree <laughs> what <laughs> world's going to end tomorrow and you'd plant a tree? I'd plant a tree. What was he talking about? The shepherds. This great epiphany. Ah, Everything and all manner of things is different. Unto you is born this day in the city of David. A child is born and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And what did they do? They went back and they tended their sheep. What would you do? I'd plant a tree because that's what he's given us to do. I'd go back after all of this, you knew what was going to happen tomorrow. What would you do? I'd go to work. I'd go home and I'd be a father. You'd go home and you would wash the dishes. Uh, you go back and you do the work that you've been given to do with a completely different sense and perspective of what life has been given as a gift. Two ways this played out. Um, uh, two videos and then we'll wrap up. We're in good shape time-wise. Um, uh, with the great Advent hymn, probably the one you think of most, if you probably don't think about. I wonder what a hit Advent hymn would be. That's what I do with my day. Um, Advent. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Advent, Advent, Emmanuel. Um, uh, come, God with us, um, for his name shall be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel. He'll call his name Emmanuel. next week. Can't wait. Um, uh Emmanuel, God with us, O come, O come, invade now into my ordinary, 
hopeless existence as a person who walks in darkness uh, and be a light to me. Lord, please let it be. Amen and amen. That's our prayer. When we're being honest, that's our prayer. Uh, A clip with that um, very soulful song, because it's a sad song, supposed to be. And so this is Christmas. Uh, With that in the background, there's this man. I've shown this before. I don't think it's been a long, long time. Uh, Obviously, he looks like Santa Claus. Um, And you're going to see at the end, he's a mall Santa. It looks like he's going for the first day, probably the day after Thanksgiving or something like that. And just a lonely, depressed, hopeless existence. This is the this is Christmas without the word behold. Born to you this day in the city of David is a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It's Christmas without the promise and the hope. It's life lived where the outside in is all there is, and there is no shift of stay in school and I'll pay for your college. Um, It's life as a shepherd without the interruption of and the glory of the angels shown around them and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill among men. It's just slogging day in and day out, absent of any word from God. And so it's a sad part, but then we're going to see a clip from Valjean and what a life dramatically might look like that's different.
so sad. Um, but it's real. I mean, I think it is. Um, those who walked in darkness, who dwell in the land of deep darkness. It's a lonely world. I know, and it's not always that way for everybody, but gosh, there's a lot of hurt. You know, and I just, somebody, please get in front of that man and say, Lo, this day, born for you in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. There's yet hope. There's somebody out there. So, I knew that was going to happen somewhere in there. I really do. I feel Christmas. That's why I do these classes. So, within all that, um, this ordinary existence, I mean, it's got to mean something to the ordinary. I want to get rid of the pressure that we sometimes feel to make Christmas something. It already is. And love comes down at Christmas. That's the direction. If you need a directional location, uh, if you need some uh, a location and some direction, love comes down. Down. And so our prayer, our orientation is, Lord, are you coming? Come down at Christmas now. Um, we uh, are the reason for the season. Our sin is why the Lord came. Christmas is about dead rebels who need a miracle. Time that for next week. We'll talk about that some. Um, who want, who need the word, hark unto you is born this day. To hear that word from the herald angel. So the narrative can shift back to our ordinary lives, but recognizing the extraordinary in it. Um, where we leave this room and you're still going to have to go through and do everything you were going to do before you came into this room. But somewhere an echo of the word of promise of a certain and sure hope that things are not as they were. Unto you is born. That uh, hope is coming. Uh, that light is shining in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. That something definitive has happened and will happen again. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Um, so Christina Rossetti's very brief verse, love comes down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. A dramatic example of this is, of course, Valjean. In, a, in the Les Miserables, whether it's the film or the book or the musical, whichever one you want to look at. And we're going to look at a soliloquy and then we'll wrap up with um, uh, 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 O Come All Ye Faithful. His soliloquy, and y'all know my, some of y'all know my love of Valjean. This is a great example of, of Valjean's, what the Bible would call his first death. Um, the old Adam, um, Valjean, our, our 24601, is ending and a new life must begin, his phrase. Um, uh, Jean Valjean is nothing now. Another story must begin. So the old Adam is passing away to the new. Adventiat regnum tuum. Um, uh, thy kingdom come. And through the bishop who stands for Christ. And so this man treated me like a brother. Um, he touched my soul. Um, he bought my soul for God. All that, he's speaking about the bishop. Remember when he stole the, the silver? Um, well, he's really speaking about God um, in locus Deus, the one who stands, locus Christus, really, the one who stands in the place of Christ coming in. Here's the soliloquy. What have I done? This is the old Adam. 
now being undone. Remember, deeply wailing, deeply wailing, deeply wailing. Valjean is being unmade here. What have I done? Sweet Jesus, what have I done? Become a thief in the night, a dog on the run. Have I fallen so far? And is the hour so late? Is time out for me now? Is there no hope? Um, that nothing remains but the cry of my hate, the cries in the dark that nobody hears all alone, people that walk in the darkness. Um, here where I stand at the turning of the years, he's realizing maybe yet I'm at this precipice. There might be something for me anyway. Um, and then you'll hear the change in the music, and he shifts the question. The question of the old Adam, of the old Valjean, is what have I done? Sweet Jesus, what have I done? And then it shifts. The pronoun is going to be different. What has been done for me? What has been done for me? Through the bishop, remember, he gave me life. He called me brother. Um, uh, the, the question shifts. Yet why did I allow that man, is that the bishop, is that Christ, to touch my soul and teach me love? He treated me like any other. He gave me his trust. He called me brother. My life, he claims, for God above. Can such things be? For I had come to hate, the, hate this world, this world that had always hated me. And he comes to the end, and if you know Les Mis, it's definitely the motif of death. It's the same one, Javert's suicide, right when he's about to jump off. And that is the hopelessness. That's, that's life without Christmas. Javert, the, the law, and he jumps because there was an invasion in his life and he couldn't accommodate it in his paradigm, and so he commits suicide. Valjean is not that man. He has the hope, the same theme, the same musical theme, uh, but I am reaching, but I fall, and the night is closing in. I stare into the void, to the whirlpool of my sin, deeply wailing, deeply wailing. I'll escape now from the world, the world of Jean Valjean. He's nothing now. Another story must begin. A shepherd who returns to uh, his sheep. For Valjean, it's more dramatic, but he goes and he does what? He runs a business, and he tries to be a good man, and he gives a lot of people the means to work and earn a living. Now, of course, Fantine was part of that, and the story becomes very compelling, but still, he goes back repurposed, as it were. And then you're going to hear the descending scales. That's coming down. Love comes down. The invasion is always from above down. So, some Valjean, and then we'll wrap up. Um, that's not it. Um, This is from the movie, obviously.
my life he claims for God above. Can such things be? For I have come to hate the world. This world that always hates me. Take it on! He's having that internal battle. He's fighting himself here. Now he responds. One word from him and I'd be back. Beneath the lash upon the rack. Instead he offers me my freedom. I feel my shame outside me. I can Told me that I have a soul. How does he know what spirit comes to move? <laughs> Is there another way to go? I am reaching for that thought. And so we'll wrap up. Um, when love comes down, this divine love invades. What happens? Grateful human love is birthed. Uh, our gratitude then breeds something like faith. <laughs> and then the summons of O come, O come, O come all ye faithful, which is the processional hymn that we sing every Christmas Eve. So when you come here, you're going to hear these words. Uh, and we saw Bob Dylan not too long ago. It's about a C. I mean, it wasn't very good. Um, all I wanted uh, towards the middle, I was like, just sing a Deste Fidelis. If you got his Christmas album, I think it's the first one. It's really good. He sings this, the Latin in first, where he sings Adeste in his, in his sort of only Bob Dylan draw. It's worth the download um, uh, because this is a dense, dense, incredibly wonderful <coughs> hymn, Carol. Um, just to pick it apart a little bit, this summons. As faith has been birthed by love coming down at Christmas. And so it's not incidental, the word adeste fidelis, those who have faith. Faith is not something that we generate ourselves. It's placed in us. From what direction? From down. Love came down. And as it went in me, as I am loved, faith is born. A new perspective, hope and faith, these things are now here as a result of love. And something entirely different happens. 
in the, in the hymn, the, the, the carol continues, God from God, light from light, only begotten Son of the Father, the creedal language where wonder of wonders, the eternal and the abstract and the infinite becomes bound in Mary's womb. The eternal becomes finite. Uh, or the infinite becomes finite and the eternal becomes very temporal. Temporal making himself limited to 10 months gestation as a baby and a girl. And then child for us sinners, poor and in a manger, like Valjean's response, um, who would not love thee, loving us so dearly? Can we, who have been apprehended by love coming down, not respond with love? Love begets love. To the place there now we, we, we cry out to the word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, the greeting of the living God face to face now and what earlier would have been certain death to see God you did not live but now word of the Father in flesh appearing and we behold his glory the glory of the one and only of the eternal and I see him as a child can it be and so here's the here's the hymn we'll make this our closing prayer O come all ye faithful Remembering that that's not normal. <laughs> to be called faithful is not natural. That is a gift. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. Come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. God from God, light from light eternal. Lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb, only begotten Son of the Father, child for us sinners, poor and in a manger. We would embrace thee with love and all. Who would not love thee, loving us so dearly? Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be glory given. Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.